0: Yeah, great to see each and every one of you. I'm glad we're together today. We uh, continue our study of the Sermon on the Mount. Today we consider uh, John, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 7 verses uh, 1 and following uh, where it says, judge not lest you be judged. I mentioned to Cheryl today. In fact, she asked me what's the sermon topic today. I said, judge not lest you be judged. I so, said, well, I think I'll miss today. <laughs> so, but you're here, and I'm so thankful for that. When it uh, when it comes to others, we can be all too quick to jump to conclusions. We we just know that that's that's a part of us. I like the story told of the owner of a large manufacturing plant who decided to make a surprise tour to see what was going on in one of his manufacturing plants. He he was walking along the the warehouse when he noticed a, a young man uh, lazily uh, leaning against some crates with his hands in his pockets, doing absolutely nothing. The owner walked up to him and, and, and was none too pleased. He said, son, uh, how much do you get paid a week? The young man's eyes got rather big and he said, $500. With that, the owner pulled out his wallet and he took five $100 bills uh, gave it to the young man, and he said, here's a week's pay, now get out of here and don't ever come back again. Well, without a word, the uh, the young man stuffed the money in his pocket, and he took off. The warehouse manager was uh, standing off to the side, and he stared in amazement. The owner walked over to him, and he asked, how long has that lazy guy been working for us? And the manager replied, boss, he doesn't work here, he's just delivering a package. <laughs> When it, uh, when it comes to others, we're all too quick to jump to conclusions, particularly when we don't know all the facts. Jesus had something to say about that, and He shares uh, those things in His Sermon on the Mount. So let's hear what He has to say. We, uh, we read today uh, Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. Let's hear this from God's Word. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. And so this is God's Word. May it be a deep and abiding blessing to each of us, not only as we hear this Word read, but as we make effort now to take this this Word and apply it to our lives. While I was pastor at uh, St. John Church uh, in the Highlands, I led a 6.30 a.m. Saturday morning men's Bible study. It was awfully early for a a Saturday morning. We had a pretty eclectic group. It was a broad range of uh, ages, a broad range of perspectives. We went line by line in the Bible, studying one book at a time. We were studying Matthew at the time, and we came upon Matthew 7-1, where it says, "'Judge not, lest you be judged.'" And upon reading that verse, one of the more crusty guys in the, in the group blurted out, "'That's the stupidest thing I've ever, ever heard.'" I didn't really know what to, uh, what to say. I really didn't know how to respond, except to remind him that uh, these words were the words of Jesus, "'Judge not, lest you be judged.'" Christ teaches each and every one of us at this point. What Jesus says might be tough, but it certainly isn't stupid. My friend didn't back down. He, we judge all the time, he says. We, we can't, uh, can't help but make assessments of people. And in that regard, my, my friend was right. In fact, a little bit later in uh, Matthew seven fifteen and 16, Jesus himself says, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Recognizing those false prophets for who they are takes a discerning spirit and more than a little bit of assessment. Let's face it. We, uh, we make assessments all the time about people. First impressions have lasting effects as do those that come much later. In saying, though, judge not lest you be judged, Jesus has other thoughts in mind, and on those, my my friend, had sorely missed the point, and regrettably, we so often do as well. Jesus speaks out against a self-righteous, smug, if not arrogant spirit. Jesus does not want us judging hypocritically or self righteously that's essentially what he's what he's trying to get across in his sermon on the mount jesus speaks very pointedly against a judgmental spirit because he knows just how destructive such a spirit can be jesus knew that a judgmental spirit has a way of of building walls of closing off conversation of of hurting relationships our car- country is characterized by such a spirit people Are divided along socioeconomic, racial, ethnic, and political lines. Such divisions leave us tearing one another apart. These past few weeks, there's been one protest after another in one city after another that have brought all of these things to light. Can you imagine armed militia on opposing sides facing one another? in the downtown streets of Louisville, it almost goes beyond belief. Even the church is in on the act. Salvos are launched between conservatives and liberals, one more critical than the other. Such disunity has got to bring great sadness to our Lord. We are quick to prejudge, and in the same breath we we say to ourselves, there's not a prejudiced bone in my body. Prejudge, prejudice, they, they kind of go together. We tend to look on the outside more so than on the inside. The story is told of a, of a man years and years ago. He was sailing uh, for Europe on one of those great transatlantic uh, ocean liners. After seeing his accommodations, he went to the purser's desk and asked if, if he could leave his gold watch in the onboard safe. The man explained that he he didn't ordinarily do such things, but he had, had been to his room, he had met his roommate, and judging from the man's appearance, was afraid the roommate might not be all that trustworthy. Well, the purser took the valuables and he said, I'll be glad to take care of your things, but just so you know, your roommate has been here as well. And he left his valuables for the very same reason." The Arbinger Institute, and in its book, Leadership and Self-Deception, writes about the importance of uh, getting outside the box. Relating to others outside the box means viewing others as people, and not so much as objects or means to an end. Martin Luther King Jr., in his great I Have a Dream speech, said, I have a dream that my four children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin but by the content of their character. I pray that that dream comes true one day. Racial prejudice abounds because we refuse to get to know one another. Hearing one another's stories goes a long way toward healing the divide considering what it means to walk in another person's shoes, does as well. Seeing people as God sees them heals the divide even more. Doing so stills the currents of a critical spirit like nothing else can. At an even deeper level, an attempt to see God in those people will will do so even more. We are all too quick to act as judge and jury when we are neither one. God didn't appoint us as judge. He's the judge, and we need to consistently, constantly remember that. We criticize unfairly because we we don't always know another person's circumstance or their, their motives. Only God, who is aware of all the facts, is able to judge righteously. I found myself recently taken by the installment from the devotion, this installment from the devotional, Jesus Calling. Jesus Calling is written in the the first person as if Jesus is the one doing the talking. Hear what this uh, devotion has to say. My children make a pastime of judging one another and themselves, but I am the only capable judge. And I have acquitted you through my own blood. Your acquittal came at the price of my unparalleled sacrifice. That is why I am highly offended when I hear my children judge one another or indulge in in self-hatred. If you live close to me and absorb the word, the Holy Spirit will guide and correct you as needed. There is no condemnation for those who belong to me. When it comes down to it, at the heart of a critical spirit is a lack of grace. You know the golden rule, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Let's turn that just a bit. Let's let's say do unto others as God is doing unto you it would stand a reason that if we have truly understood god's grace then you and i will be more gracious to other people we will love as we have been loved we will show grace as we have been shown grace we will judge as we have been judged yielding ourselves to the to the richness of god's grace enables uh, that grace not only to pour into our hearts but to pour out of our hearts as we relate to other people. I like what uh, evangelist Paul uh, Washer writes. He says, Christians who worship God for His unconditional love, compassionate mercy, and lavish grace So then, why do you refuse to offer those very things to other people? As we have been touched, so so may we then turn and touch other people with those very same things. Jesus puts us on alert. He says, for with the judgment you make, you will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. That alone ought to give us pause when it comes to us exercising a judgmental spirit. If we really believe that, if we really believe what Jesus says, we, we will certainly be a lot less judgmental. What goes around comes around, says the old phrase. You know about the boomerang? You pitch it into the air and, it, and in just the right way, and it'll come right back to you. That's the way it is when it comes to judging others with a a critical, self-righteous spirit. Our sin has a way of coming back to haunt us. Jesus has little patience with those who see flaws in, in everyone else, but fail to see flaws in their own lives. In a word, Jesus wants us to deal with the, the plank in our, in our own eye before we'd ever concern ourselves with the speck in our neighbor's eye. I've heard it said we are all too ready to view our own faults with a telescope while viewing the faults of our neighbors with a microscope. Suffice it to say, none of us are perfect. Yet some go right on living as if they are. They fail to notice the condition of their hearts. The thing about having a a plank in your eye is that it has a way of of blinding you to what is really going on. The interesting thing about a, a wagging, judgmental finger is that there are four other fingers pointing back to the one that's, that's wagging the finger. We do well to recognize that when we are prone to be critical. So often those who are quick to point out the flaws of another person are, are really pointing out the, the flaws in their own lives. That's why Jesus is so adamant about us dealing with our own failings before we ever think of dealing with the failings in another person's life. Let's admit it. Every one of us has a pretty good case of plank eye. Yeah, that's a real disease, you know, plank eye. We fail to notice uh, the failings in our own lives. Better yet, we do well to to let God deal deeply. Not only do we need to deal with uh, what's going on in our lives, but we need to let let God uh, deal with those things. He's the great healer after all. When it comes to the plank in our own eyes, nothing, nothing but the grace of God is able to free us from what ails us. And as we let God have his way, we will see things in a much better light and find ourselves better able to understand those who are around us. Whenever I get something in my eye, I immediately go to the mirror and see, see what's going on. Sometimes I, I ask for help. It's not easy to remove what, what causes so much discomfort But once that's out, once it's taken care of, there is sweet relief. We not only need to deal with things, but we need to ask for help as well. And that help comes from God Almighty. All of us are challenged by Christ to consider how we too are judgmental. Who am I to judge is a question we should be asking ourselves all the time. In John 8, 7, Jesus challenged a group of religious leaders about them wanting to stone a woman who was caught in adultery. Their minds were set, and they were were ready to get on with it until Jesus said, If any one of you is without sin, let him throw the very first stone And as we know, they began to walk away one by one. And so should we when it comes to a critical spirit. Let's pray together. And so, God, we pray that you work a great work in our hearts. We pray, Lord, that uh, your grace would come showering in, that we would know of your deep and abiding love. may our lives be turned and and truly affected lord in that uh, same vein we we pray then that as we uh, know of your grace as we share in your love may we uh, turn and uh, share the same with those who are around us god we uh, we claim that so often we uh, we do speak and act in in a critical way We pray that uh, you take away every every air of of self-righteousness, that we would find ourselves uh, viewing others as uh, you view them. Lord, we pray that you would heal us, heal us of that malady uh, where a plank is in our eye. May we be uh, set to dealing with that, More importantly, we pray that you deal with it, that we allow you to heal us. And as we then uh, begin to see more clearly, help us to act with uh, great resolve in your love and in your grace in regard to those who are around us. Lord, uh, forgive us, we pray. And in that forgiveness, may we uh, realize that we truly are your children and that we are part of a a great population of those that you claim as your children. Lord, thank you. Thank you for the challenge of your word. We pray that in the power of your Holy Spirit that we would uh, live in the power of, uh, of, of that word each and every day, in each and every circumstance. This prayer we make, in the name of Christ our Lord, Trusting the power of that name for today's world. Amen.